Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 110 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il, and it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible inshallah uh, now this podcast is for anyone whether you are remotely curious about the religion of islam or if you're thinking about becoming a muslim or if you just became a muslim or if you've been a muslim and want to learn more about islam this podcast is for you inshallah uh, now with that being said let's get right into today's topic and today's topic is something that actually i i really don't understand why it took us too long to you know talk about it's one of the most critical topics in in our theology in in, in our islam uh, which is charity now charity is extremely important and charity is something that's i get it charity is is, is a really you know nice thing and it's a, a really cool thing to do and it's it shows how humane you are towards you know your fellow poor human being but it's, it's in Islam. It's it actually takes a different level. In Islam, number one, ch- mandatory charity, which is zakah, is one of the main pillars of Islam. We as Muslims should take charity very, very seriously. You know, and 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 charity in general shows the level of faith or the level of belief. How how so? Now, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells you if you pay charity for my sake, for Allah's sake, right? You will be rewarded in the hereafter mostly, and you know, some will be rewarded in this life. Like I said, it's not always about this life, but for sure, you're going to be rewarded and you're going to, you know, uh, get all the rewards, all the return, if you want to say, if you want to use, you know, financial terms, you're going to get all the return, the full return, and even way more in the hereafter. So if you actually take out of your money, in this world, you know, we're living in this world, we have wealth. If you take some money out of your wealth and you pay for the sake of Allah, that means what? It means that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You, you believe His promise. You know, it's it's very, very cool and, and very, very, you know, uh, good and satisfying that we pray five times a day. It's very satisfying that we, you know, fast Ramadan. It's very satisfying that, you know, we do a lot of things. You know, preach Islam and talk about Islam and all these things. But when it comes to taking money from your own wealth and pay it to the poor, not expecting something in this world, not expecting a return immediately, expecting a return in the hereafter, that straight up means that you're a believer. That means you believe in Allah's words because otherwise, why would you do that? Why would you take money out of your pocket if you do not believe in Allah's promises? Do you understand? It literally defines how much of a believer you are. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually mentions this in the chapter of Baqarah. You know, the, literally, the, the, the second chapter in the Quran, the beginning of the Quran technically, the, the second chapter. And guess what? In the third verse, the, the, the chapter of Baqarah starts with Alif, Lam, Mim. These are the first two verses, right? Allah is basically saying that pay attention, Alif Lam Mim, and then He's saying that, you know, the, the book of Quran, there is no doubt about it when it comes to the believers. The believers basically shall have no doubt about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, great. Look at the third verse. Now Allah is, is, is defining to us who are the believers. What is a believer? Right, so Allah is basically is giving us the definition of a believer. So Allah is saying, "الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ." Allah is telling you, what is a believer? The believer is the one who believes in the unseen. الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ and we talked about enough about the unseen, like the destiny, uh, the the jinn, the angels, the day of judgment. That these are all are all things from the unseen, from the world of the unseen. Stuff that we cannot see with our own eyes. We didn't see, but we believe in him, right? So you believe in Allah and you believe in what He told you regarding the unseen, and then 
you pray your at least your five daily prayers. And from what we gave them, and Allah, by the way, by the way, this is a little trivia thing. Uh, when Allah says, uh, talks about Himself in 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 basically uh, describing Himself as we, you know, uh, not uh, This is an Arabic language. When Allah talks about Himself in in basically in a form of we, that doesn't mean there's multiple gods. Don't. Don't don't think that. It basically emphasizes and it glorifies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We inna nahnu nazalna dhikra wa inna lahu lahafidun. Allah is saying we brought down remembrance, meaning the Quran. And we shall protect it. Now in the Arabic language, we here when Allah uses the word we, and Allah is you know allowed to use the word we because He that shows the mightiness of Allah that glorifies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that exalts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of linguistics. You get it? So again, Allah saying, From what I've gave them, that's that's the meaning now, they spend a little bit. They don't spend much. Like, you know, the zakah, for example, and we'll talk about the zakah in, in a second. It's 2.5% of your savings, right? So Allah saying, and this brings us to a very important you know, point or topic here that we should talk about, which is our wealth. What is the source of our wealth? It's Allah. It's not how hard you work. Now, how hard you work is a factor, yes, but the source of your wealth is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to understand this. And I know we've said this many times before, but we have to emphasize this in today's topic. Our wealth comes from Allah. Our wealth is written to us or for us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The day, you know, in 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 the, in the beginning, after the 120 days, we talked about this. When we are, you know, once the, 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 the uh, we are start to form in the wombs of our mothers, after 120 days, an angel Allah sends an angel to basically write down what Allah ordained, not the angel, right? What the Allah ordained upon us in terms of wealth and are we going to be happy or not, and and all these things, right? And and our lifespan, all these things. So our wealth is written for us. And that's why there's something very interesting. The Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, and it's a beautiful hadith, that, that, that he basically swore upon this. Basically, no soul shall die before it receives its full wealth that it was written for. So you and me will won't die before receiving the full amount of wealth that we were supposed or provision that we were supposed to receive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reason why the Prophet said this because he said some people go about getting their wealth the wrong way. Some people steal. Some people, you know, do unethical things. And they don't know that it was already written for them. This is very interesting, by the way. The, the haram money that you got through doing haram stuff was already written for you to get. However, if you were patient, if you waited, you would have gotten that money, but not through haram stuff. Do you see the, the dichotomy here? You, for example, I'll give you an example. You went to rob a bank, okay? And you got from this, let's say, uh, half a million dollars. You were supposed to get, it was written for you to receive that half a million dollars as a wealth or as something. But if you waited and if you did not commit haram, if you did not go and rob and steal, Allah would have given it to you through a halal thing because it was written for you. You were going to get it regardless. But if you were you know, closer to Allah, if you were content with what Allah gave you, you would have received the half a million dollars. You know, it's it's very interesting, but we are hasty and we want to, you know, and that could lead us to commit major, major sins. So again, very interesting hadith. I just wanted to bring it up. Let's go back to the whole idea of our wealth comes from Allah. It doesn't come from our boss. It doesn't come from our business. It doesn't come from our company that we work at. It doesn't come from, you know, us hustling. No, 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 no. These are all factors. These are all means that Allah uses to send us his wealth. Again, these are all means. So you're working hard and the company, you're getting paid by your boss or your whatever. 
is these these two are factors, but the source is still Allah. Allah is using this as a source, as a mean to give you your money. Do you understand? Again, if you have your business and if your business is mashallah thriving, or if it's just doing decent, right? This is all uh, again factors, but Allah uses those factors as means to send you provision, to send you your wealth. Do not think for a second that you are the ultimate source or cause for you being, you know, having money or you're getting paid. No, 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 no. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah uses the rational, you know, logical, you know, things in this world such as working hard and working in a company. Some people don't work that hard and they still get paid a lot. Again, that shows you that it's not just based on hard work, right? It's all coming from Allah through the things. So it's up to you to choose. Do you want to get it from a haram place or a halal place? Because you're going to get it regardless. You don't think that you can fool Allah like by doing something haram that you're getting something that you were not meant to get. Oh yeah, I'm going to get extra things because you know what? I'm not getting paid enough. I don't think I'm supposed to be rich enough. So what? I'm going to commit haram to get more money that I'm... This is basically technically what people who do that think. I'm going to get money more than I'm supposed to get. No. You'll get whatever Allah wrote for you to get. But it's up to you how to get it. Allah gives us that. That is the choice right there. So you see the difference. The choice is how to get the money. The amount of money or the amount of wealth that we're getting, there is no choice. We cannot choose that. It's already written for us. How to get it is our choice. I just hope that you understand the difference. Now, since the wealth comes from Allah, that means that Allah has a right when it comes to that wealth. And Allah tells us what is that right. Allah tells us that you should pay. Now, there are two types of charity. There's mandatory charity and there is uh, 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 voluntary charity, right? So there's obligatory, which is called zakah. So the obligatory charity, the charity that every Muslim, and we're going to talk about the conditions, must pay is zakah. And the voluntary uh, charity that you know a Muslim is very highly recommended to pay is called sadaqah. So you have zakah and you have sadaqah. Zakah is mandatory, sadaqah is voluntary, right? So Allah has a right. So Allah doesn't even tell you, oh, you have to donate all your money to the poor. No, Allah tells you, when it comes to zakah, and this is the mandatory stuff that you have to do, pay two point after calculated in today's world. The scholars have said, this is the, there's no debate about it, 2.5% of your wealth you should give back to the poor. Allah gave you that wealth. So if Allah is telling you, I'm going to give you a million, out of that million, I want you to pay $25,000. Or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter, like whatever the number is. I'm just giving you an, uh, a really exaggerated example. May Allah bless all of us with you know, um, wealth and, and make us all spend for his sake. But again, this is just an example. Would you say no? Think about it. Allah is giving you a million dollars. Allah is the one giving you through whatever you do for a living, as long as it's halal, right? And he's telling you, take 2.5% of that million dollars, if it's in savings. Again, I'm going to get to the conditions in detail, but I'm just trying to prove a point here. Just give it back to the poor. Give it back to you know the needy in, of the Muslims. Would you say no? Would you ignore that fact? Would you ignore that condition? Because Allah is saying, this is a condition. If you want me to bless you with money, and if I give you money, and if you don't do this, there is a huge punishment that you shall receive on the day of judgment. So that is, it, it's very, because some people have this mentality, alhamdulillah they are a minority, but they have this mentality of why do I have to pay money? You know, why, why should I be punished for not taking or giving up some of my wealth? Number one, because it's not your wealth. Same thing as it's not your body. Remember, we talked about this. Our bodies do not belong to us. This whole idea of my body, my choice does not exist. It's not my body. Allah gave us those bodies because we can't control them, right? We talked about this in the LGBT, I remember, uh, episode. But it's also not your wealth. <laughs> the money that you're receiving, Allah is giving you that money out of his generosity, right? But He's in, in return, he's asking you to pay some of it to the poor. For those who refuse to do so or who, who think, I, I should not do that, you are, it's, first of all, it shows how ungrateful you are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, we all should know that wealth comes from Allah. And if you know this fact and you still don't want to pay your zakah, at least your zakah, then you are ungrateful to Allah's blessings upon you. And that actually only leads to you 
uh, not living a good life. To you were having, you know, uh, 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 um, whatchamacallit, uh, to you having a less fortunate life uh, could happen. You could still, you know, thrive and have a beautiful life in this life, right? In this dunya. But when it comes to the hereafter, you are one of the greatest losers. And we'll talk about, again, I, I'm just giving you some introductions on those who don't want to pay zakah. At least zakah. No one, we didn't even talk about sadaqah yet. Right? So, again, think about it this way. When someone gives you a lot of money and tells you, well, as a condition for me to bless this money, and, and the, only, the only one who can bless is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I'm giving just this, you know, a, a simple life example. Somebody gives you money and they said, in order for me to keep giving you and giving you even more rewards, I need you to take some of it and pay it for, you know, give it to the poor. That's it. And if you say no, then what does that say about you? You know, if you're stingy with Allah, who was ultimately in, in, incredibly generous with you, you look. It looks like you are stingy with Allah when you refuse, you know, to do uh, and give back a tiny portion, which is two point five percent of your wealth, and it's not even over of your wealth in general. So that let me let me talk about zakat. So let's talk about the first type of of charity, which is you know the mandatory charity, the zakat. Now, zakat itself has two types. There's something called zakatul al-mal, zakat on our money, and that actually includes, you know, jewelry that our women, you know, own, like uh, silver and gold. And there's something called zakatul fitr. Now, let me start with zakatul fitr because it's 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 a really short explanation. So zakatul fitr is the zakat that uh, every Muslim should pay uh, towards the, the 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 second half of Ramadan till the end of Ramadan to the poor of the Muslims, and it should. Here's, here's the big condition of zakah. It should get to the de- its destination, the, the, the targeted people, the targeted you know, uh, poor people who are supposed to receive it. It should be received, basically, before the Eid prayer. Now, uh, after Ramadan, we have Eid al-Fitr, right? The Eid of fitr uh, So before the Eid prayer, which is the second day after the last day of Ramadan, the, the, the first day of Eid, where we all pray and, you know, we have, you know, alhamdulillah, very happy uh, morning and a happy day in general. Before that prayer, the people that you intended the money to, 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 to go to or to be received by, they should receive it before that prayer. So that means... Starting the second half of Ramadan, start sending. If it's overseas or anything like that, you should start sending, uh, you know, zakatul fitr. This is obligatory on every single Muslim. Again, let me repeat. This is obligatory on every single Muslim. No restrictions. No exceptions. Imagine. No exceptions. If you are a little kid... Your, your your father has to pay for you. If you are not mentally there or if you're not sane, the person that your caretaker should pay it on your behalf. No one, no one, if you're sick, if there are no exceptions when it comes to zakatul fitr. You understand? There are no exceptions. And zakatul fitr, if you actually calculate it in today's world, at least in in, in, in America, it, in today's world, it's about like $15.00. Uh, per person and that's it it's $15 per person annually now the household the head of the household the the father for example uh, let's say you have a family of four you and your wife and two children right you should pay the father should pay uh, money on behalf of the entire household you get it Uh, and uh, and that that's basically a total of $60 again once a year you do it it's not that big of a deal now again zakatul fitr is mandatory mandatory on every single muslim you pay for the sake of your children uh, you know again whatever the amount of people that you have in your household the, the the head of the household the father should pay for every single one must pay actually for every single one around again between 10 and 15 dollars per person let's take the higher number because we don't want to you know get below the minimum right so let's say 15 if you can increase good for you 
if you don't want to increase, then let's let's call it the bare minimum. Inshallah, uh, you know, fifteen dollars, and Allah knows best. But that's what basically all the consensus, at least in the West, uh, in, in America, um, you know, all the, the the scholars, the big scholars, they identified it as it's around a fifteen dollar mark. So that is that is that right. Now, let's talk about some very you know logical and also minor conditions when it comes to paying zakat al-fitr for example let's say that the husband doesn't have enough money to pay for the whole family or for at least for the wife then the wife at the so the wife is not required to pay zakat al-fitr on her own behalf as long as the husband is capable of paying for the now the husband the default is the husband must pay for the entire family for the entire for the entire household if he is financially incapable then the wife can pay you know the money you know on behalf of herself and if she wants uh, on behalf of the children as well again if the husband can doesn't have money and the wife happen to have more money than the husband uh, also that that also puts you know it goes without saying that if you're financially incapable of paying zakat al-fitr then it does not it's not ob- ob- obligated upon you so the only condition the only single condition that uh, 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 you know that that is put on charity in general by the way zakat in general is that you're capable uh, you sh- you must be capable financially uh, in terms of paying that zakat if you don't have the money to pay the zakat if you're struggling financially you're not required to pay because again if you think about it logically there is a receiving end of that zakat and those are people who cannot pay zakat themselves right so that is that uh, so again no exceptions if you have money no exceptions if you have money and your uh, if your parents have money, they should pay on your behalf if you're you know underage, uh, and if you're n- mentally not there, still if you have money, someone should pay on your behalf or you know whoever's taking care of you should pay on your behalf. But w- the only condition that in is 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 required to pay zakat al fitr is that the fact that you just have extra money to pay. So that is the zakat al fitr. So uh, let's move on to now the zakat on our money. Now, the zakat on our money is very, very interesting because number one, and I want to say how important it is, it's it's extremely important. It's literally the second most important act of worship after salah, after praying. Again, paying zakat is the most important act of worship after right after salah, subhanAllah. Right after salah. You know, it's it's extremely important. And it shows you that, you know, Paying zakat is critical in the religion of Islam, in our beautiful religion, right? Now, zakat itself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is basically saying that, you know, zakat is, 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 is the word zakat comes from to purify, yuzakki. Uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, in the chapter of Shams, verse number nine, Allah is basically saying that we should purify ourselves. So the word zakah comes from purification. You're actually purifying your money. Zakah purifies the money. My dear brothers and sisters, again, when you pay zakah on your money, you are purifying your money. If you don't, then your money is impure in the sight of Allah. Again, there's no blessings Whatsoever in that in your wealth, if you do not pay zakah, uh, you know on it. Again, if you do not pay zakah, your money in the sight of Allah, your wealth that Allah gave you is impure. You only purify your. And by the way, we purify our money annually. Like I said, two point five percent every year. You purify your your money annually by paying that annual zakah. You have to. You have to purify your money. Otherwise, Allah won't bless your wealth. Now, how much is is the zakah exactly? And now, zakah. And 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 before before we get into how much is zakah, I want to just mention this one last part, which is zakah is actually the third pillar of Islam. The third pillar of Islam is zakah. The first pillar is saying the shahada, right? The the testimony of faith. The second part is the second pillar is praying five times a day. The third pillar is zakah. Number three, which makes it the second most important act of worship right after salah, because the salah is the most important act of worship. 
Right after it comes zakah. Can you imagine? My dear brothers and sisters, please, it is critical for those who don't take it seriously. It is very serious in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, how much is zakah? Like we said, it's 2.5% of what? Of the money for a year, of your savings for a year, as long as your savings is above the nisab. What is the word nisab means? Nisab means basically the minimum threshold. You need to have a minimum amount of money, a minimum amount of wealth for you to be eligible to pay zakah. And it's it's calculated in today's world. Actually, nisab is actually three ounces of gold or any cash equivalent. Again, the nisab is the minimum amount of money that you should have in your savings to be able to be zakah eligible, to, to pay zakah, right? If you have below the nisab, you're not required to pay zakah. Is that clear? So the nisab is the minimum threshold. In today's world, the nisab is around three ounces of gold or any cash equivalent. And if you look it up, I, 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 I when I was preparing for this, I looked it up online, and it's basically uh, around five thousand dollars, three hundred. Uh, you know, it's it's in that realm. Let's just say five thousand dollars to you know make it safe. If you have above five thousand dollars, you should pay zakah uh, uh, on that money. If you don't, then uh, you know you're not required to pay zakah. And, and again, like I said, it's two point five percent. Now, if your money, let's say that you have ten thousand dollars, right? Let's say that you have ten thousand dollars in your bank as savings. This is not your money that you're spending from on a daily basis. This is money that's staying in your bank account. Doesn't matter if it's in a in a checking or not. Money staying, you're not touching for a year, this is technically your savings. You understand? Do not take the word saving literally. And hopefully we're not, you know, having our money in savings accounts because they have interest accumulating. And this is hundred percent haram by the way. We're going to talk about this inshallah next episode because we're, now we're talking about the good side of wealth, the good side of the financial aspect of things, right? Inshallah, next next episode, we're going to talk about the danger of, of the financial part, which is usury and you know financial interest. And I know a lot of people ask me to talk about this. That we'll discuss. So, but now savings account in, in our world, in today's world that has you know uh, interest accumulating, that gives you interest is 100% haram. When I mean saving is the money that you have it untouched. You can have it in a checking account as long as you're not getting paid for it, right? And this still will be called your savings, okay? Uh, so my point is, if you have $10,000 that, that, that is sitting in your account or you know cash, it doesn't really matter, and you didn't touch for a whole year, then you are required to pay $250 of that $10,000 for the poor. It's nothing. Think about it. $250 when you have in your savings $10,000. It's really nothing for a whole year. Now, you don't have to pay it all at once. You know, you can pay you can pay it on installments. And actually, uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and, and I'm going to talk about this, prefers... If you pay smaller amount, but in 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 a in a constant matter, in a recurring matter, right? So if you pay someone monthly, you don't have to pay them. For example, uh, the two hundred and fifty dollars uh, all at once. In the, now, they're both. Let's say they're the same amount. You're going to pay two hundred and fifty dollars regardless, right? It's better in the sight of Allah if you pay it in installments in a recurring matter. Uh, you know, smaller portions until you get to the $250, then you just pay all one shot. The reason why is because you are, whoever you're paying the money to uh, will feel like they are in a safe and a secure environment. It's as if they're getting paid salary. You know, imagine that you're getting paid on a regular every month or every, you know, bi-weekly. You have that sense of security, financial security, and Allah wants us, this is very interesting, subhanAllah, you know, Allah wants us to give that sense of security to those who receive our charity. So you should pay your charity. Again, it's not mandatory, but you should, this is better in the sight of Allah, to pay your charity in installments and recurring. Like if you pay every month, then you pay it every month. You, you divide it. You see how much you, you're supposed to pay every month. If you want to pay a total, again, this is an example, a total of $250. Then you see how much you should pay 
over the whole year every month so you they get the sense they are they feel like they're stable they adjust their financial this let's say poor family or whatever or families you know they can adjust their you know spendings and all these things based on this steady income so allah wants you to provide a steady income for those who are receiving your charity instead of paying all in one uh, you know in one chunk and then they stay in the rest of the year don't know what to do or they have anxiety and so subhanallah allah wants us to provide and that is the whole purpose by the way to create a better world why would allah emphasize paying charity to the poor to first of all by the way if your community if your society has less poverty it's healthier and the crime rates will drop it will be a better a more pure and a more good uh, more of a good community and a more of a good society than it is when it's you know the poverty spreading and people are stealing or people are you know suffering from you know poverty and do not have any money or anything to eat or drink it becomes a really unhealthy society and allah wants to create islam aims to create a healthy society and charity is one of the strongest ways to create a healthy society by giving to the poor right so yeah so that's that's that so again 2.5 percent if you have 10 let's say we're taking the example ten thousand dollars then you get to the chance to pay 250 dollars now if you want to stick with the minimum hopefully that you can pay more than the minimum so you, you again it's all about the level of faith again like i said it's a test to your level of faith so if you want to pay more than the minimum good for you allah will increase allah say if you double or you triple or you quadruple the amount of charity you pay allah will do the same in the hereafter in terms of rewards it's not going to go unnoticed by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah records everything right so yeah so if, if you want to pay more than the 250 great now you can pay it, like i said the preferred way is to pay it on installments to provide the sense of security to those who are receiving your charity but if you don't if you if it's going to be too convoluted for you to calculate right then you can pay it all at once and pick a day of the year to just basically pay it some people pick ramadan since you can get more rewards in ramadan and all these things so you can pick a, a you know a, a day in ramadan to but make sure that you pay it before the year ends so you identify that the, the zakah year for you you can identify it by fiscal year for your own sake you know every company has its own fiscal year so maybe your fiscal year could be ramadan ramadan to ramadan and then you can pay all your zakah on that month again the preferred way is uh to pay it in installments uh whether it's sadaqah or zakah as long as you can keep track and try to pay more in my opinion and this is my opinion instead of you know uh, paying the bare minimum or the exact amount try to pay more in case of you made an error in in, in your calculation right if there's an error and then you don't want to drop below the minimum and again the more you increase the more allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you in terms of good deeds and rewards inshallah so don't, don't just don't be stingy you know don't cheapen out just pay as much as you can now nobody's asking you to you know suffer financially to pay zakat that's not at all islam does not tell you to do that at all right i mean even though uh, abu bakr sadiq the, the best friend of the prophet sallam, actually used to spend all of his money for the sake of allah but nobody's asking you to be abu bakr sadiq right just pay as much as you can while you still you know live comfortably with your family as long as it does not go below the minimum so yeah if increase whenever you can that will be only good for you so that is you know the whole idea of uh, of how much now now i said uh, paying uh, on the unused gold or silver right uh, uh, uh of that and the things that you use do not count so the, the the gold or the silver or anything or the money that you're using like you're paying your bills or if you're using that money to pay your for example mortgage or whatever the food and, and the groceries nobody's asking you to pay from that money it's only from the money that you do not touch for a year and like we said, it's not only on money, it's also on, you know, the gold and silver that you own. Now, here's the thing. You do not, the things that you use in terms of like, you know, money, if you're paying your mortgage or if you're paying your, you know, for groceries or if you're paying for whatever, 
you do, you're not supposed to pay zakah from that money that you're using, right? Doesn't that make any sense? Allah is asking you to pay, you know, zakah from your savings, the money that you do not touch. However, you pay zakah on the gold and silver that you own and wear, because you know it's 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 still it's a it's 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 saving. You're not using it in terms of like it doesn't go away. You, you get it Like when you pay For example for groceries This this money goes away it, you, you spend it for the sake of food And then the food goes away Right But when it comes to gold and silver It's still there You still own it And you still wear it Right It doesn't go anywhere So you still pay zakah And again Zakah on gold and silver It's basically the equivalent Of the 2.5% of, of that Now there is one important aspect About paying zakah Which is the intention so when you're paying zakah, you should have the intention that this is zakah. So sometimes you maybe you paid something, you, you you paid a gift for someone, or you bought someone something, right? And then it's it, it's time to calculate your zakah. So this time of the year, you come and you calculate your zakah, and then you say, well, I paid that person a thousand dollars before. Let me put it as zakah. No, no, no. It does not work that way. Actually. It will be unacceptable because when you're paying zakah, you must have the intention that this is for my zakah. Do you understand? You must have the intention that this is your zakah. You cannot pay something with other intention and then when the time comes for you to calculate zakah, you say, well, I paid that person that amount of money, so I'm going to count it as zakah. No, it does not work. Okay? Also, who is the one receiving zakah? The one who receives zakah must be a Muslim who is in need. You understand any Muslim who uh, has basically, uh, uh, you know, has no money, who is in need, right? So um, if you basically, and and here's a very interesting. This is mentioned actually in a chapter of Tawbah, verse number sixty. إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتُ لِلْفُقَرَاءِ وَالْمَسَكِينِ وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلَيْهَا وَالْمُؤَلَّفَةُ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَفِي الرِّقَابِ وَالْغَارِمِينَ وَفِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَابْنِ السَّبِيلِ فَرِيدَةً مِنَ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ Basically all the Muslims in need like I said. Faqir is someone who is, now what is Faqir? Al-Fuqara, right? Faqir is someone who is so poor that they have absolutely nothing. Miskeen is someone who is very poor but they have something, you know, they have a little bit of something. You know, enough to live by. Family members, by the way. You know, family members, cousins, uncles, aunts, are have priority. If they are in need, they have priority, you know, for you to pay zakat too. And close friends, you know, like, you know, your close friends. So people, basically, the closer the people to you. Now, a spouse is not eligible for zakat. You do not pay zakat for your wife because you have to pay for her expenses anyway. Do not think, oh, I'm going to pay some money to my wife and this I'm going to, you know, think of it as, uh, you know, as zakat. No, it does not count. Zakat, zakat is actually not eligible for a wife, uh, a mother, a father, a daughter, or a son. So immediate family members, no. You get it? Uh, it, it is actually it's it's eligible for for brothers or sisters for for siblings. You're fine. This is counts, but like people that you're supposed to pay for, parents, children, and spouse are not zakat eligible. So you cannot pay zakat to them and say, oh well, I paid zakat. It doesn't count, right? But akrabun meaning family, really close family members uh, that are not what I just you know they're not in a category that I just you know told you about. Uh, now again, like like I said, as a Muslim, you should pay uh, as long as your wealth is above the nisab, and we talked about the nisab; it's around five thousand dollars, so that's that's fine. Now, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Here's the interesting part in the chapter of Baqarah, verse number two hundred and sixty-one. Allah describes zakah as seed. مثل الذين ينفقون أموالهم في سبيل الله كمثل حبة أنبتت سبع سنابل في كل سنبلة مئة حبة والله يضاعف لمن يشاء. What is the, what, did, what did I just say? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying that planting good good deeds in terms of paying zakah. Now we're talking about paying zakah will benefit us on the long run. It's like and Allah is giving us the example. So Allah is saying plant good deeds now. How do you plan good deeds? By paying zakat, for example. It's as if you're planting a seed for a tree. So where, if you plant a seed, you know, 
to have a tree. What is a seed? Let's talk, let's get the origin of the seed. I want you to focus with me here. If you eat an apple, for example, an apple has, you know, a couple of seeds when you finish eating the apple, right? So Allah's saying, take one seed from that apple, for example, and plant it. And when you plant it, with watering and, and sun and, and you know with, with with proper care, what happens? An apple tree comes up and grows. Now, here's an interesting part about, for example, this this thing is that first of all, the seed comes after you eat the fruit. You do not usually eat the seed. Usually, you know, I know some some uh, some some fruits you can eat the seed, but for example, the apple seed. That means you ate the whole apple. That seed is nothing. 2.5% of, mashallah, whatever the wealth you have. Nothing. You don't even feel it. Like the seed in the fruit. Then you take that seed and you plant it. All you have to do is plant it. Meaning what? Give back to Allah. Now, Allah does not need your money. Meaning when I say give back to Allah, meaning give back to the poor for the sake of Allah. That's what I meant. Then you took that seed that you didn't taste or didn't make any difference you know, to you. And you plant it, and from it came, mashallah, a hundred apples in that tree. And you took from those apples, and you kept eating. And then you took the seed, and then you plant. And you can make a fortune. That is what a good deed could do to you when you are planting, you know, good deeds in terms of charity. So when you plant good deeds, what happens? It multiplies, it multiplies, it multiplies. That is exactly what you do when you pay charity. Allah multiplies it for you. Allah is t- giving you that simple example. When you, when you throw a seed, then seven branches come out. And every branch has a hundred seed that basically had fruit in it. So a hundred multiplied by seven, seven hundred out of one seed. That's how Allah multiplies your good deeds. And Allah keeps multi- and Allah will multiply even more. Because Allah said at the end of the verse, Wallahu man yasha. So it's a simple example. Take some of your unfelt wealth. You don't even feel it 2.5%. You won't feel it. it. Won't make a difference. And plant it, meaning give it to the poor. That's what planting good deeds equals when it comes to charity. Give it to the poor. Because what you do is that 2.5% Allah takes it and multiplies it by 700. 700. And Allah could multiply it even more depending on intentions and your circumstances and all these things. So you will benefit from that seed. No one else will. As a matter of fact, you need those people that you pay the charity to more than they need you. Wallahi. Because what? They need you, okay, for worldly stuff so they can get by and they can have, you know, food. And You need them for the hereafter. You need them to take your charity so Allah would, you know, help you in the hereafter. So Allah would reward you in the hereafter. You're just helping them in the worldly stuff. So your help to them is nothing compared to how they are helping you. They're helping you in the hereafter. You're helping them in this world. You're giving them some money. You know, to get some clothes, some food. Great, mashallah, it's all great things. But look how they're helping you. Multiplying these rewards. They're making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of them, Allah is multiplying your rewards by 700 and more even. So you tell me who's in need of who. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also commands us, you know, to pay zakah like in many chapters. Right? يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ يَوْمٍ لَا بَيْعٌ فِيهِ وَلَا خُلَّةٌ وَلَا شَفَاعَةٌ وَالْكَافِرُونَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Allah's warning us in the chapter of Baqarah, verse number 254. Don't be stingy. أَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ Look at how Allah described the believers. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ In the chapter of Baqarah, verse number 3, right? That's how we started the episode. Allah is describing the believers. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And Allah is warned in the same chapter, but towards the end in verse number 254, same chapter, Allah is now warning those who do the opposite. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Oh, you, if you're believers, if you're trying to be believers, اِنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ Spend. From what I have given you. 
and Allah look at the warning now. من قبل أن يأتي يوم لا بيع فيه ولا خلة ولا شفاعة. Before the day comes that none of that would matter. There is no selling, there is no transactions, which is the day of judgment. It's over. Whatever you've done in this world, that's what would matter. If the day of judgment comes and you don't didn't spend from what I've given you in terms of wealth that Allah is saying, basically it's too. It will be too late. Spend, Allah is saying, spend from what I have given you before it's too late. Simply, when the day of judgment comes, it will be too late. And you know, Subhanallah, there is actually a beautiful uh, verse in in the chapter of Al Munafiqun. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said what in the chapter of Munafiqun. Verse number 10 and 11. Again, Allah is saying, spend from what I have given you. Look at the same exact, the same exact phrase. Chapter of Munafiqun, verse number 10. Allah is saying spend for the sake of Allah. Now, by the way, that goes the mandatory stuff for zakah, but Allah is also encouraging. In these verses, Allah is also talking about sadaqah. Allah is talking about the voluntary. Spend for the sake of Allah. If you don't spend your minimum amount, which is zakah, you are sinful and it will be too late for you. And if you don't spend from the sadaqah that Allah is incredibly encouraging us to, 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 you know, to spend, it will be also too late because guess what? Sadaqah helps a lot. We're not perfect. Yes, we can do the bare minimum with zakah. But who really can live on bare minimum when it comes to good deeds? You don't know what wrong you've, you've been doing. You don't know. You could be doing something terrible. Sadaqah would help with that. Right? So Allah is saying in the chapter of Munafiqun, Now Allah is giving us another warning. Similar, but in a different, different wording. Allah is saying, spend from what I've given you before death comes to you. And when death comes to you, look at this. You will say, oh Allah, delay my death, please. Now you're dead. So you're speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Delay my death so I can pay more charity. Because now I realize how critical it was. Imagine the dead who didn't spend money for the sake of Allah in this, in this world will actually beg Allah to extend their time in this life just so they could spend for his sake because they will know Allah will show them everything and Allah will show them the truth and how they didn't spend and how spending could have saved them but look how Allah will respond to them Allah will say it's too late your time has come and Allah will never delay nor extend someone's time when their time comes that's it. If your time comes, your time comes. No delaying, no extending. Nothing. Spend now while you're still alive, my dear brothers and sisters. Spend now. Whether it's, for, again, zakah goes without saying. If you don't spend zakah, you're a major sinner, by the way. It's a major sin. And we're going to talk about the punishments of zakah. Actually, let's talk about the punishment of zakah. On the Day of Judgment, the Prophet ﷺ said, Those who had wealth... Above the nisab, and they chose not to pay zakat. They were too stingy. They thought, you know, they need the money more than the poor, even though it's mandatory, two point five percent, nothing. But again, some people just don't care. Look at this. Look at while they're standing waiting for the judgment in a day that it's basically fifty thousand years on the day of judgment. A snake will come. A huge snake, not a tiny one. And be wrapped around you. It will wrap itself around your body. It will crush your bones and it will keep biting you. And it will speak to you and it will say, I am Ana Kenzuk Ana Maluk. I'm your wealth. I'm your money. Can you imagine? I'm your wealth. I am your money that you did not take the right of Allah and give it back to the poor. Allah told you. There is a right, 2.5%. This is an authentic hadith by the Prophet ﷺ. Imagine, do you want to spend, you know, the day of judgment, waiting for judgment, while you have a, a huge snake wrapped around your body, biting you, causing you pain, because you did not choose to pay zakah? 
And by the way, those who have, uh, like I say, a farm. By the way, if you have a farm and if you have animals or whatever, you have to pay zakat on them again. As long as you have them there and they're making you money or whatever. Uh, look at this. If you don't pay zakat on them, on the day of judgment, they will come and they will stampede you. They will step on you. They will be extremely healthy on the day of judgment and they will run you over and over and over and over until your judgment comes. God knows how long would that be for you. Okay, let's talk about those who do not pay zakat on their gold and silver. Their gold and silver, their jewelry basically, will be taken from them, the, the, the ones they owned in this life, and it will, they will be heated in hellfire. Look at this. And then when they are heated in hellfire, they will turn into blades. So Allah will melt them and then they will turn into blades, heated blades in hellfire and you will be stabbed with them. This is not a joke. I'm not trying to scare you. Actually, I, I should, scaring you is a good thing in this life when it, because it's not too late. Scaring you is, is actually healthy when it comes to these things. And all this for what? 2.5%. Can you imagine? Nothing. Nothing, wallahi, won't affect us a thing, but on a day of judgment, oh, huge difference. Huge punishment. And imagine if you have all three now. Had the money, had the jewelry, had the animals, the sheep or whatever, and you paid nothing. You're going to get punished with all three ways. Subhanallah. May Allah have mercy on us. And again, Allah is telling us all these things so we are prepared. Pay your zakat, my dear brothers and sisters. It is critical. Critical, wallahi. Allah does not take it lightly, nor should we. So yeah, so this is it for zakah. And uh, inshallah, uh, you know, we will talk about sadaqah in the next episode, which is the voluntary uh, charity. And it is, sadaqah is extremely important, like I said. And and the reason why, it's because you really, it's not obligatory on you. So Allah actually tells you, very interesting, very rewarding things if you, you know, pay sadaqah. So outside of zakah, outside of the obligatory charity. Now we have, you know, we are recommended and encouraged to pay sadaqah if we have the money, of course, to do so. And that, inshallah, we will talk about in detail in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.